Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Now, the Toronto Raptors have certainly had a roller coaster of a playoff run. You know, the game one against the Orlando Magic where it looked horrible, it looked like this team was just going to revert back to old playoff you know, collapsing ways, but then the Raptors came back. Pascal Siakam has been blossoming into a star in front of our eyes this postseason. Kawhi Leonard's playing like the Kawhi Leonard we were all promised with a with the load management throughout the season. You know, this year's been ridiculous in the playoffs. Arguably the best player in the playoffs, especially when you consider the talent around him. You know, Kawhi's averaging 32 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, and ridiculous defense. He's playing some great lockdown D on whoever he's guarding. So Kawhi Kawhi is certainly living up to the hype, living up to the expectations for the Toronto Raptors, but there's certainly some cause for concern for this Toronto Raptors team. And the main thing is getting Kawhi some help. You know, Pascal Siakam in the Orlando Magic series was really the second star on this Toronto Raptors team. Every team that's going to be successful needs at least two guys that can be a focal point of the offense that can get a bucket when you need it. And Pascal Siakam really showed he could do that even with the long defenders and Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon in the Orlando Magic. Did a phenomenal job was dropping uh, efficient, high-scoring games, which is all we could really ask from Pascal Siakam, including the defense that he gives and all that. But the, the Philadelphia 76ers series has been a bit different for Pascal. Pascal, you know, they've kind of loaded in on him a bit more, and unfortunately, he sustained that calf injury in the last game, and he wasn't shooting the greatest percentages aside from game one against the Sixers, and now that he's sustained this injury, I, I don't think we can really expect Pascal to be 100% for these next few games, and it showed in the in game four, despite the fact we got the win, Pascal, I believe he didn't even score 10 points, I believe he was two for 10 from the field, it was a, it was a poor game for Siakam in terms of scoring and shooting the ball, so the structure of this team is certainly going to have to change, because our second star, he has the this injury it's unfortunate but we can't really rely on him to be the number two option and the rest of the team this the Toronto Raptors role players have been so amazing this season even in games when we didn't have Kawhi we'd still be blowing out teams because of how Kyle Lowry would step up when he needed to you know most of the season he's only a facilitator but if they needed him to score he was capable and that's why he was made an all-star this season Marcus Gasol when he came in he's obviously doing it on the defensive end we'll get into Marcus Gasol after but you know he's a guy that he didn't do too much scoring the regular season and I was I was a bit scared worried about that and he's going to be a huge topic of discussion in this video but uh, Marcus Gasol was still impressive and showed he was capable of scoring the regular season but Serge Ibaka was a guy that really stepped up in terms of getting buckets for the Toronto Raptors when we needed it whenever he was on the court with Kyle Lowry you know Serge was averaging about 15 points per game this season and I believe in the Orlando Magic series up until game four he had about 11 points total which is absolutely absurd for a player with that much importance to this team so Serge he really has to step it up and you know Danny Green he's been one of the best shooters in the NBA you you know, if you give him an open shot, he'd always knock it down in the regular season. In the playoffs, especially against the Sixers, he hasn't been hitting anything. You know, he's been struggling to score the ball. He had double-digit points in, in Game 4, but literally he took eight free throws. Eight of his points came from free throws from Danny Green. He's supposed to be our three-point specialist. He only had one three. You know, he had 11 free throws and one three in that game. So Danny Green needs to be a floor spacer to keep the pressure off Kawhi Leonard. You know, we see James Ennis. He's been able to knock down shots for the Sixers, and it's really helped Jimmy Butler out in getting buckets. And Jimmy Jimmy Butler is a star in his own right, but he's not nearly the player of Kawhi Leonard. And imagine what Kawhi Leonard could be doing with a little bit more floor spacing. So Danny Green's a guy, but I could go through each and every player. But there's a couple players I really want to focus on in this video. And, you know, the first one, he's been a huge topic of discussion, but Fred Van Vliet. 
Now, Fred Van Vliet, people that listen to the podcast know he's one of my favorite players. I'm very high on Fred Van Vliet's game, his ability to just knock down shots, to create when he's going, you know, because when he's not scoring the ball, he kind of just focuses on getting his game back. And in his own right, that, that's usually fair. It usually works out for him. Freddie V's confidence is something that we've praised for the past two seasons, game after game. We like how he comes in motivated, ready to go in each game. But unfortunately, the two matchups we've had in the, the playoffs have not been beneficial, to say the least, for Fred Van Vliet. We're playing against a lo- a bunch of long wiry defenders that that can focus on his weaknesses and you know Fred Van Vliet's a smaller guy he's a smaller stature guy but uh, he's pretty strong for his size so you can usually bully people out of the way to get to the rim but uh and you know you use crafty finishes but the players he's going up against are too long and are too big to allow him to attack and do those slashes that he likes to do and unfortunately his jump shots are being more contested now that there's longer defenders on him so he's not getting the breathing room that he's you know more so accustomed to in the regular season so so his three-point shots aren't going down. His ability to drive, they, that, that's been taken away from him. And unfortunately, the thing about Fred Van Vliet, it's his best asset and it's his worst flaw, his confidence. And he's going to keep trying to get his game going. So the defense is focused on him because he is a good passer. People flame Fred Van Vliet for being a bad passer. I disagree with that. But Fred Van Vliet's passing stems from his ability to score. He's a scoring first point guard, but usually then when the defense collapses in on him, then he creates for other people. The unfortunate thing about Fred Van Vliet in these playoffs is... Is people aren't collapsing him. He has one guy on him, and then those passes that he's so used to seeing in the regular season just aren't there. So he's just forced to shoot up a bad shot, and his tunnel vision gets the best of him. So it's an, been an unfortunate series for, for Fred Van Vliet. So for my opinion, I think for the rest of the second round, we best are not playing Fred Van Vliet. It's unfortunate to hear, you know, because he's such an asset to the Toronto Raptors, and he, he's earned his minutes. He's earned his minutes. He's earned his spot in the rotation. He's been one of our most consistent players, even with his up-and-down season this year. But he, he can't play against the Philadelphia 76ers. They're too big. They're too long. He just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense for him to play. Now, I think when we go up against it, you know, if we win, obviously this is all conducive if we win. I think in future series, Fred should be reinstating the rotation just because of how good he's been in the past. Because the, the Bucks, they have smaller guards. They have George Hill and... And Eric Bledsoe, but still very good defenders. But Fred does well against those, even if they're good defenders. At his same size, he's still very strong in those matchups. So I think he can certainly bounce back in these playoffs if the Raptors are fortunate enough to go further. But I don't think it makes sense for him to be playing for the rest of the Sixers series unless obviously the Raptors are needed or they start playing TJ McConnell or something like that unless the the series changes. But the way it's going now, I think the adjustment has to be made for Fred VanVleet's minutes to be completely cut back. I don't I don't want to see him on the court at all. Not not and not hating on Fred VanVleet. It just doesn't make sense. But this this raises the question: Who should replace Fred VanVleet? Because this has been a topic of discussion in the comment section. We've we've read your DMs on Instagram and all that, and people are asking who who should be the in the rotation. In my opinion, you know, there's a name that's thrown out there a lot: Jeremy Lin. He's a guy that that people are talking about. He came in. We were super excited to have him on the roster, but I don't think it makes any sense at all to throw Lin in the lineup. Yes, he's probably the best facilitator aside from uh, Fred Van Vliet off the bench and he's a bit bigger than Fred a bit better defender so he might have more success against the Sixers lineup than Fred would but I still don't think it makes sense to play Jeremy Lin at all you know his game just really we saw in the regular season he's a talented player but his his play just doesn't fit with the Toronto Raptors system you know we we have the ball in mostly Kawhi and Siakam's hands at all at pretty well all times if Lowry's not on the court 
and then we we need shooters to space those guys out as they make their drives as they you know initiate the Toronto Raptors offense Jeremy Lin to be successful he needs to be the one initiating the offense for his team and the it's unfortunate because Jeremy Lin just doesn't have the ball in his hands much with the Toronto Raptors Lin likes to run the pick and roll as more of a score first option so you know the Raptors don't run I think now I think the Raptors should run more pick and roll especially in the series with Joel Embiid being the big man not being the necessarily the greatest pick and roll defender but you know it's not what the Raptors run and I don't think trying to integrate build an offense around Jeremy Lin is something that the Raptors need to do to find success in the playoffs but you know that that's been well debated amongst Raptors land so let me know if you disagree in the comment section below but I think the guy that should replace Fred VanVleet in rotation is Patrick McCaw he's a guy we picked him up midway through the season he's uh he was out for about three weeks stretch with a thumb injury I think it was a thumb or it was a hand injury of some sort and he, he hasn't really been in the playoff rotation for the Toronto Raptors he got his first bit of run in meaningful minutes in game four which was nice to see but not really enough time to really get going and I, I don't think Nick Nurse should continue with the three guys off the bench playing four minutes each if you're going to go with one of them you gotta you gotta go all out with one of them. you know give one of Norman Powell McCall or Fred uh, 15 to 18 minutes you know the no player can get in a groove in like four minutes of action, so I don't see that making any sense going forward. I don't think Nick Nurse should do that, but McCaw, I think, should carry the load, uh, bear the load of Fred VanVleet's minutes if you're going to give it, take it away from Fred, because he just fits the 76er series so much better than everyone else on the roster in terms of the deep bench. You know, he's a long, wiry defender. Patrick McCaw's been one of the best defenders off the bench. You know, OG would be perfect. You know, OG, if he was healthy, he'd fit all the things. He kind of does McCaw, every, everything McCaw does a little tiny bit better, in my opinion, but McCaw still, he might be, I think OG does everything a little bit better, but McCaw is a bit more consistent. You know what to expect from McCaw on a night in, night out basis. But uh, unfortunately, OG is not going to be here. We can't be, uh, you know, worrying about that. Hopefully he'll be back. We're praying he comes back for the, the Eastern Conference Finals if we get there. But McCaw is my guy. I want to see more McCaw. He can knock down threes. He's a long athletic defender. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a huge positive on offense. He can, yes, he can knock down threes, but he's not going to create anything, initiate anything. But he'll be able to space the floor for the for the team, which is something that the Raptors need to. They, we need someone knocking down shots, and maybe McCaw can can knock down some open ones. But defensively, he won't be a liability. Fred has shown. Lynn will probably show. You know, the the Sixers have such big players. You know, they have such big guys. You need long, wiry defenders to lock them down. And we run this offense where we just basically, our defense, sorry, that we basically switch everything. And I think McCaw is better suited to fit, you know, the Sixers four than Fred Van Vliet or Jeremy Lin would be. So I think McCaw integrates himself well, much, much better into the, the Toronto Raptors scheme. But uh, yeah, so I think that's a way to kind of maybe switch up the bench, get something else going, because the bench has been horrendous in these playoffs, and they need to be better. They need to be better if we want to beat the 76ers and we want to beat whatever team we face going forward, because we're only playing very talented teams, and we should be killing the Sixers bench. Their bench consists of a guy that we waived. We traded for just cap space. Greg Monroe, I love him, love him as a player, but, you know, he's getting minutes in this series, and we, we just cut him. You know, the Raptors are objectively a more talented bench, but they are being outplayed by Ennis. Ennis, he's a guy that's been kicked around the league left, right, and center. And I know he's playing very well, but this is unacceptable for the likes of Serge Ibaka, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell especially. They, they have to really step it up. And the reason I thought this series would be a lot more swung in the Raptors' favor is because I think the starters have kind of... Or, or even, you know, it's an even matchup. Kawhi kind of cuts down the talent difference from the rest of the starting unit. But, you know, I thought our bench would be able to just absolutely wipe out the Sixers bench. And a lot of people predict that as well. But, you know, the starters thing is held true. Kawhi has really kept us in games. And Siakam hasn't even been playing that well. But because of his injury and the, the Sixers locking in on him. But everyone else has just completely struggled. And that was an area where I thought the Raptors would have an advantage. And this is why the Kawhi Leonard needs help. 
You know, he needs help. The Raptors are being compared to the Cleveland Cavaliers in these these playoffs. The way that a superstar has dragged us kind of through the mud. And it's fun to see. You know, it's fun to be on the, the good side of it, you know, to have a superstar doing things. But the Raptors aren't the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, they, they have actual talent around our superstar. We have legitimate all-star, legitimate veteran players that have been shown that they can do it this season. You know, in the previous playoff series, right? So this is unacceptable that the rest of the roster is doing this. And, uh, you know, I brought up the bench. The bench has to be better. I think Nick Nurse should play Serge Ibaka with Kyle Lowry more or, you know, more of a facilitator to get him going a little bit. Stop making him shoot threes. And I think Norman Powell, we should keep giving Norman Powell about 10 minutes because he does decent on defense, right? He's not a liability there. And he could have a big night or he could just be not a liability. I think he's been good at not messing things up on the offensive end. So I don't mind Norm being out there, but Fred has been a liability of the season. So that's why I think the bench should change. But the starting unit, you know, this video's titled Kawhi Leonard Needs Help. And, right, if the bench struggled, but the starters were playing up to their level, and with the way Kawhi is playing, we would still be killing the Sixers. But even the starters haven't been playing their max level. Now, two two guys that I really think need to step up are, are Kyle Lowry and Marcus All, and they did it in game four for stretches. But I still don't think they're at the point where they, they could be. You know, the point that they have been kind of all season. You know, not necessarily big, huge 20-point-per-game numbers, but being a consistent threat from the three-point line. You know, the Raptors are so much more scary when they have shooters around Kawhi Leonard, and their percentages show Kyle Lowry's the greatest three-point shooter in Raptors history in terms of makes and, you know, how the volume he shoots, so he should be hitting shots consistently, but I guess we can't rely on him, but the open ones we need Kyle Lowry to hit, and at least be a scoring threat. If the threes aren't going down, be a scoring threat, but listeners of the pod know we've talked your ear off about how Kyle Lowry needs to play in this series, at least from our, our opinion, but we know we need at least 13 to 16 points from Kyle Lowry every night, and the more we can get from that, the better, and he's capable of doing that. I don't think that's a over over, too much to ask from a five-time All-Star who's still kind of maybe a little bit over the hill but still in the prime of his career. So enough about Kyle Lowry, the guy that we really need to talk about. You know, we could probably dedicate his own video to him, but Marcus Gasol, right? Marcus Gasol, when he was a threat in that game four, that's when the Raptors offense looked most smooth, right? When they, we saw a little bit of pick and roll with Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Gasol knocking down mid-range jumpers, you know, his game, his post game. Joel Embiid is sick. Joel Embiid is injured. We need him to play defense. He gets tired when he does things on the court, right? And Marcus Gasol is such a good post scorer throughout his whole career, throughout his time in Memphis, even when he does it in Toronto. It's just, we haven't been looking for him. We haven't been looking for him at all. I think he needs touches to be, you know, because he's a three-point shooter. His, his percentages are kind of ridiculous on the Toronto Raptors. He's shooting about 44% from the three-point line, which is which is a phenomenal number, especially from a big man. So I think we should be giving him the touches. And and the more he has the ball, the more confident he's going to be shooting the basketball, right? It's a, everyone Anyone that's played knows. The more you've touched the basketball, the better you're going to feel unless you're having a cold game. But, you know, if you are if you haven't touched the ball in like 10 possessions, you get an open three, you're probably not going to knock it down, right? So Marcus Gasol, I think he should be consistently given touches throughout the game and be a focal point for the Toronto Raptors offense, especially if Pascal Siakam is going to need to take a step back. The Raptors are going to need a number two guy. I don't think Kyle Lowry can be relied upon that right now. Pascal Siakam is injured, and I think Gasol is our best option to be the guy that steps up. I know he has the, the horrendous job of guarding Joel Embiid in the paint, but he's he's clamped him down completely, and he, he's a great facilitator on the offensive end, but there's points in the game where he just doesn't want to shoot. He's just looking to get everyone else going, and sometimes that's good, but when the Raptors are needing buckets and you're capable, get buckets! Get buckets, Marcus Gasol, please!
as I said, 44% from the three-point line, and there was a possession. I believe it was game four. It was definitely in the Sixers arena, but he got the ball at the top of the key. No one around him. No one even near him. The the, the defense was all in the key. They were packed in the paint. They were going to get french fries at the, the food stand. Right? Marc Gasol, he's looking to pass, and he kind of stops to himself. He hesitates on a three. He takes about five seconds, and no one's even near him until he shoots the three. And obviously, you're not going to hit that because you're not locked in. You're not in your groove. But if he's looking to shoot, his percentages are ridiculous enough to where he'll hit half of them he'll hit half of the open threes which is a phenomenal number I don't know why he's not looking for the ball he's not looking for a shot that's just one possession but that's kind of a symbol to where his head is at on the offensive end I guess he's trying to fit in more than he's trying to stand out for that's that's a Isaiah Thomas quote or something I, I want to bring back but when you're a star stand out when you're capable of getting buckets get some buckets especially when the Raptors need it and Pascal Siakam's injured so that's my rant on Marcus Gasol I really want to see him be more aggressive Pascal Siakam obviously if he's healthy he'll be he'll be able to do for us in my opinion and Danny Green the final the final player we're really going to dive into he needs his open threes I don't know if it's a mental block but he's a consistent playoff tested championship winning guard in this league who's been phenomenal from the three-point line this season and he hasn't been doing in the playoffs, especially this Orlando Magic series. So we need Danny Green to knock down some shots. Be Hit the open ones. Hit the open ones, Danny Green. Be the player that you've been all year, the player we've been all hyped about. And the Toronto Raptors will be fine. We had to scare their game three. I, and you know, if you listen to the reaction pod, I still Riker and I both weren't too worried after that one. But then the Pascal Siakam injury happened. I, I, I had a bit of nerves going into game four. But fortunately, the Raptors pulled it out. But the rest of the team can be a lot better. And this is why this video is made. Kawhi Leonard he's been he's been ridiculous for the Toronto Raptors he's been amazing he's been at a Hall of Fame level you know he's a definitely he's establishing himself as a top two player in the NBA right now Kevin Durant is the only guy you can argue with being uh being close to him but to end the podcast off there's one stat I just want to break down the Raptors have an offensive rating of 119 with Kawhi Leonard on the court and that drops to 79 a 79 offensive rating with him off the court. That's the biggest drop by far in the NBA for any player in the you know in, that's in his bracket in terms of you know has taken enough shots of enough impact on the offense. And that's a 40 point drop in terms of offensive rating for Kawhi on and off the court. Siakam actually has a pretty big one as well. But for, for all the things I mentioned, the stats show Kawhi Leonard needs some help if we want to have success. We might be able to scrape by the Sixers without, you know, with by going the same way we're going. But it's not going to work against the Bucks slash Celtics, whoever whoever comes out of that series. And it certainly won't work if we end up making it to the finals against the Warriors. So, it, or, or the Rockets. Maybe, you never know. I'm rooting for the Rockets in that series. Maybe my boy Jamal Murray or Damian Lillard could, could pull it out. The, the playoffs are super interesting this year. I like how close all the series are. But I want the Raptors to win this one in six. And I think with... Just adequate help. I'm not asking for, you know, in years past, especially last season, maybe we're asking too much from the role players to to really have success against, like, LeBron James and other teams we're facing. But it's not like we're throwing the load on on role players to be to be stars. We're just asking our role players to not be trash. Not be horrible. Our bench to score more than six points against a bench that is kind of objectively horrendous. Aside from James Ennis, who's playing like Michael Jordan right now. But let me know what you guys think. What should the Raptors do? What more adjustments? Nick Nurse made a great adjustment of going big in Game 4. right? What, what are the Raptors going to have to do to establish, a, ensure a win in Game 5? Let me know in the comment section below. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. We're going to be posting now more more consistently basically every day for the whole playoffs. So yeah, check us out. Subscribe to the channel. And really, and definitely uh, follow us on Instagram. The Instagram lives are coming back. As I, as I mentioned, I've been in Boston for the past few days. And Riker's been in Newfoundland. He went home. So yeah, he's he's back in Kingston. I'm back in Montreal now. So we're locked in postseason time. We we appreciate everyone that, that listens and supports us. You're the best. I'm signing out. 
Cheers.